Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about a focus on smoothies for runners. Smoothies can be a great strategic food for your runner's nutrition plan. We'll be sharing our tips on making delicious smoothies for pre and post fueling, for meal replacements and snacks, and also some therapeutic recipes for injury healing. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen. And as always, we're going to share something personal with you about our nutrition or our running before we move on to discuss our topic for today, which is a focus on smoothies for runners. So I think it will be a really interesting topic. And most of you will know that we tend to record a short time ahead of our episode publishing date. And so if all goes to plan, you'll be hearing this at the end of July. And Aileen and I will be having a little bit of holiday time. So I'm just wondering, Aileen, if this all goes to plan, where will you be? Um, Well, I'll just be about ready to start my walking holiday, um, which starts at the end of July um, into the first couple of weeks of August. And um, I'm going to be walking the coast to coast in England, uh, which is um, starting at St. Bees on the West Coast and finishing at Robin Hood's Bay on the East Coast. So, I mean, you can do it, you know, just about anywhere you want, but we've chosen to do it over 15 days. And um, mainly the route is planned because you're walking from place to place. So it depends on where you can get accommodation. Um, So most days we're walking between 14 and 20 miles a day um, across mountains and and rolling hills, depending on, uh, you know, it starts very mountainous on the west. And then as you get towards the east, uh, it's more sort of rolling hills, I would describe. Um, So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been in planning mode for quite a long time. Should have done it last year and it got postponed due to COVID and um, just really hoping that we get dry weather. That's the main thing. Absolutely, Aileen. And I have to say, it does sound a really wonderful trip and and lovely that you're taking so long to do it. You know, it's going to be over um, 15 days. But on saying that, you're still doing between 14 and 20 miles a day, which is quite a significant amount of miles, I think, walking um, per day. So, so how how does that equate in overall distance, Aileen? How how many miles are you walking altogether? Can't do the math. Yeah, I can never quite remember. I think it's something like about 190. It might be a little bit more or a little bit less. I want to say 186, or it could be 196. I'm I'm not really sure to no. be honest. No. And I think with walking, you know, people always get fixated on miles, but actually, it's more about the terrain that you're walking and. Um, how how high and low you have to go in a day Uh, so sometimes the shorter walks can actually be more strenuous um, Mm. because you're putting more effort into the climb and the longer miles are a bit more ploddy uh, because you're not climbing Um, so uh, yeah 
the legs will get a good workout, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen, my goodness. So like you said, you'll be hoping that the, the weather is dry and hopefully warm, but not too hot. And and I would imagine, because I know what it's like when I'm running a marathon or something, I want a little bit of cloud as well, just to, to help prevent that glaring sun sort of beating down on, on you. And it's going to be for most of the day, really, isn't it? Yeah, and you know the, the other thing with heat is hydration as well, and you know yeah. carrying enough water. So yeah, a clear mm-hmm. days, cool, breezy, <laughs> great views. Don't ask for much. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that, Aileen. You're not asking for much, really, are you? <laughs> and what about you, Karen? Where will where will you be at the end of July? Well, I'm hoping to be in either Spain or in France. Um, clearly, a uh, COVID situation will um, will dictate, but hopefully we will be able to, to get away. And, and I want to be in France because I just love running in the mountains. Um, and so does Fraser. Well, he's not so keen on the running, but he loves the cycling in the mountains. But Ellie wants to be in Spain because she's just a bit of a beach babe, really, and she's not into the energetic running and cycling. So uh, so she just wants to sit by the beach. And, you know, I, I've got a feeling that we might actually have to toss a coin in the end. But, uh, but I will let you know in a future episode what uh, what transpired and where we went. Well, well, I'm sure you'll have a lovely time wherever you are. And I uh, look forward to hearing exactly. about this. Exactly, Aileen. It's really just about getting away, getting away anywhere really at the moment. So um, so watch the space. I'm sure we'll have fun. Okay, so let's move on to discuss today's topic, which, as we said, is all about a focus on smoothies for runners. So we'll be looking at how adding smoothies into your food plan could support you as a runner, how to make a smoothie, so sharing some of our practical tips. And then we'll give you some ideas for therapeutic um, smoothie so combinations to help particular health or performance concerns so lots to get through so let's get cracking so we decided really to talk about smoothies as they are an easy way to enjoy great nutrition actually and often people don't know how to make a good homemade smoothie and I think I'm probably one of those Aileen um, so can you maybe give us some background into smoothies yeah, well, I, I did. Uh, I did a little bit of reading to see if there was any research uh, around smoothies, and and I did find a really interesting article that was published in 2018, so not too long ago, and um, it was called "Exploring the Attitudes, Beliefs, Behaviours uh, of Consumers and Non-Consumers of Smoothies," and it was uh, based on an online survey of Australian adults, um, and it was used to explore the patterns of smoothie consumption and the motives for, for consuming. And they called them beverages, whereas I, I call them food. Um, and the, the, the study was uh, 833 participants, and 79% of them were female, um, which was interesting. And I, I can't quite remember, but I seem to think you know, 40 or 50% of them were the under 25s, uh, which was interesting as well. Um, And what they did was they looked at patterns between uh, what they classed as frequent smoothie consumers and infrequent smoothie consumers. So the frequent consumers, they they all cited health-related reasons for for consuming uh, the smoothies. And they did this to increase their fruit and vegetable intake, their nutrient intake, and also to be healthier, and they really perceived that the smoothies were nutritious, whereas the infrequent smoothie consumers, they, they perceived the smoothies to be indulgent, and they included um, ingredients like ice cream and honey, so that they sort of were almost treating them like treat foods, really. Um, and there was a whole lot of information in the, in the article, but their sort of outcome was that smoothies appear to play a positive role in the diet of some individuals and they do promote uh, the increased consumption of core foods like fruit and vegetables and and dairy products too. Um, But they also highlighted, I think this is really important to know, is that smoothies contain or may contain discretionary ingredients that could promote increased calorie intake, um, especially if if they're consumed as snacks and we and what they call subsequent compensatory dietary behaviors are not employed so I think they mean 
you know, managing your overall food intake there. So that there's a, a potential that you might overeat if you're using smoothie without really thinking about the fact that this, a smoothie might include quite a lot of energy calories. Um, and they also pointed out that, you know, there's a major public um, health concern about uh, obesity and that people need to understand how popular snack foods and beverages such as smoothies do contribute to the calorific intake. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, it was interesting to to see how people look at smoothies and how they use them in their day-to-day food. Yeah, I would agree with that, Aileen. And I think there are a lot of people that just see them as a snack to have maybe um, between meals, but don't actually appreciate just how how much energy it may contain. And clearly that will depend what what foods and fruits and things they're putting in it, but that it can actually be quite calorific. So I think that's a really good point to raise. So what would you say are the key points for consideration for people um, using smoothies or drinking smoothies or eating smoothies, however you want to describe it. Yeah, well, I think the important thing is to know what ingredients are in, in your smoothie and what the energy value is of it, so the calorific value. And, and also, uh, you know, we talk about um, glycemic loads uh, and how that can contribute to all sorts of health concerns and blood sugar balance. Um, so, you know, if you've got a very highly sugary um, smoothie that could be a problem or if it's if it's very fruit um, concentrated it could also have a high GL load so I think that's important to consider we've talked about the fact that smoothies uh, can be new energy dense um, so you really need to consider them as part of your food plan so consider your overall dietary intake of nutrients and so nutrient status is really important but also calories and not to treat them as what they describe as these discretionary foods that you're almost like not considering as part of your plan you know they really should be um, considered as part of your nutrition plan Um, but they do help you consume the recommended amount of fruits and vegetables you know so you can get a lot of fruit and vegetables in a smoothie Um, and if you include a protein and fiber element it can also help with satiety so keeping you full and um, interestingly one of the things that the Australian uh, study revealed was that participants perceived smoothies as drinks uh, not food and so people thought they were taking them to quench thirst rather than relieving hunger which um, you know so they were using them as a drink rather than a food um, without really having that insight Wow, that's really interesting because that's a very sort of energy rich drink, isn't it? Sort of a way of quenching thirst is very energy dense, potentially. Yeah, it's a bit like alcohol as well. People don't tend to think of alcohol as mm. energy, <laughs> how, it's con- how it's contributing to their overall um intake of calories so absolutely i think that's something else that people see as discretionary food isn't yeah, it and you know moving on from that you know things like you know coffees you know you get these um fancy coffees don't you that are laden mm-hmm. with with sugar and, and obviously a lot of calories with the the milk so absolutely absolutely so Aileen, thinking about the runner is there any research around using smoothies in a runner in a runner's nutrition plan I, to be honest, Karen, I didn't find anything that I thought was particularly relevant to today's discussion. Um, but I did find a study which sort of raised a few questions for me. Uh, and it was about um, how um, solid food contributed to an, an individual's nutritional requirement during um, a mountain ultra marathon. And it was it, focusing on one female athlete and um what they were doing was looking at the effects of multi-day continuous endurance exercise on blood blood glucose control and the appropriate intake of food and drink in a female athlete. And it, it was a really interesting um, read. And I think it's something that, you know, we might want to look at in a future episode because they're also talking about things like sleep deprivation and how that affected um, your, your nutrients um, intake etc um but what what the conclusion from that study on that one particular athlete was that the carbohydrate protein and fat intake from solid foods contributed to maintaining a fast pace 
with a steady and mild uh, rise in blood glucose levels compared with the liquids and the gels that the female runner uh, was taking. Um, and as, as I said, that was completed over a multi-day continuous ultramarathon with little sleep. Now, the, in the in the research, they listed the foods and drinks that were uh, consumed none of which mentioned uh, smoothies or shakes. Um, but the things that they were, they were drinking were uh, sports drinks, uh, cola, gels, milk products, tea, soup, uh, other liquids, and then things like fruit, sweets, bars, noodles, bread, uh, rice, uh, wheat products, powder, which as you might have been protein powder, and um, other solids, but they didn't identify them. So it just made me wonder... Um, would having you know a, a nutrient dense smoothie or shake be appropriate for fueling an ultra runner and i just wondered you know with your experience do you have any views on that yes absolutely and just listening to the list of foods that you um you were speaking about you know the fruits the sweets the 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 wheat products and things like that and just wondering you know how how nutritious some of the foods were that were being um recommended it would be really interesting to know um and coke and things like that that they were having but but i think that you know looking at the the um smoothie as part of a nutrition plan for an ultra, I do think it would be a really easy way of getting fast release carbohydrates into the body really quickly because um, there's less digestion and assimilation required. So it would be a good option from that point of view. But what my concern would be um, is about carrying the smoothie in its liquid form. Well, clearly it's in a liquid form on an ultra because that could significantly increase um, weight, especially if it's an ultra where you're expected to carry your own your own food and drink for the period of time that you're running each day. But um if, say, it was a, an ultra where you were able to have a support team, so, for example, your family and friends, I suppose you could maybe get them to meet you at strategic points where where you could consume the smoothie and then just be off on your way again. Um, so so that's my thinking around it. But I have to say that's a real, really personal um, thought there. I, I, I don't know. I haven't got... Um, enough information well I don't have any information actually on smoothies for ultra distance running but I do think it's something I might contemplate a bit more Aileen just to see how feasible it would be and maybe sort of speak to clients about it and how they would feel about it and then looking at the practical issues around carrying it. Yeah and, and to be fair that was one of the things I mentioned in the study that um, you know looking at what goes on in that ultra uh, community that that carrying food is one of the biggest issues and so um you know that would be a problem but if you're in a, an event as you say where there's maybe um you know feeding stages along the way it might be more possible but yeah interesting so um just thinking about um other benefits to runners uh, of using smoothies well you know it is a good way of fueling pre and post run training uh, it can be used as a meal replacement or a snack to help you meet your energy and nutrition targets for, for a day um, smoothies are easy to digest um, so that can be a bonus um, you can add protein uh, to help with muscle building and if you choose to use, um, you know, the right ingredients, um, smoothies can be supportive to uh, specific health conditions and support things like healing injuries. And they can also be anti-inflammatory. Uh, and we'll sort of talk about how you can do that maybe later on in the conversation, Karen. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. But but this is just showing that there are lots of good re reasons to include a nutrient-dense smoothie really in our food plans. And wow. um, maybe we could go on and talk now about how to make a smoothie and, and share some practical tips. 
And uh, because I, you know, I have to say, I find that clients are often unsure about how to start making a smoothie. Maybe they've had a bad experience and made a smoothie that's been really tasteless or maybe gloopy. And um, they've just been put off smoothies for life, really. So I wonder, Daleen, if you could maybe share um, some advice on how how we could make a smoothie, um, a tasty smoothie, but making it easy. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I didn't really enjoy smoothies at, at first taste. I remember uh, when Nutribullets were first on the market and everybody was trying them out and some were making smoothies more successfully than others. Uh, but I, I do think it's worth persevering, um, finding an easy method for yourselves and also um, some go-to combinations with work, which work for you because, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you know, you, you get recipe books with tons of different ideas in and sometimes I think, you know, too many ingredients and I just knock it back to three or four to make it easy for myself. Um, but I think, you know, the best advice is keep it simple and, um, you know, the first thing you need is uh, some equipment. So uh, you need a blender, um, ideally a jug blender, um, or perhaps it's a Nutribullet type. Uh, I know there are other um, brands available that do the same sort of thing as Nutribullet. Um, although I do have some clients who started off uh, using a handheld blender, you know, one of those stick blenders. Um, you don't get quite, not quite so easy, but, you know, if you want to try it without investing in a piece of equipment that might be a good way to start so the, the jug type's great because you can pour from it so you, you blend your drink or your food in the smoothie and you, you pour it into a glass uh, and also if you've got a large jug you can make more than one portion so that might be great if you're wanting to double up or you know make something for whoever you're with um, and the Nutribullet type is Great, because you can use the cup for blending the ingredients and then you screw on a lid and you can travel with it and eat it or drink it later. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea with with the um, the new two bullet type ones. I do think they're good for that. They're quite practical and they're portable. But are there any benefits, do you think, Aileen, from investing in a good quality blender rather than a than a cheaper one or a stick one? Yeah, well, I think the main benefit of investing is that um, you will get speed um, and you'll also get the ability to blend uh, more dense items like frozen fruits, frozen vegetables, ice and any other more solid ingredients. Um, so speed's always important to me as I, I like to blend and go. So I like it to be the ultimate fast food. But, you know, I always say to people, don't spend £200 on something until you know that it's something you're going to like. So, yeah. you know, buy the £20 jug blender. And if you if you think it's something in, that's going to be worthwhile you investing, then, you know, upgrade later on. Yeah, yeah. Good tip there, Aileen. And are there any other equipment tips that you can give everybody? Um, well, I think one of the other things is to think about if you're going to be carrying your smoothie. So if you're going to be making it and uh, traveling with it, you might want to use an airtight flask. Uh, some flasks will help keep the smoothie chilled, which might make it more palatable, especially if you're eating it a while after you've made it. Um, I think uh, the other way of doing that is if you're going to use the Nutribullet type flask, you could just maybe put it in a little cool bag with a mm. cool block so that would help uh, but really you don't need much more than your blender and some a carrying cup and um you know a, something to chop your fruit and vegetables with really yeah yeah that's great i've noticed alien that you a couple of times you've said about eating it rather than drinking it can you explain why you use that terminology because most people think about drinking it but you speak about eating it yeah, well, a, a smoothie is really, I think, regarded as a meal replacement or a snack replacement. So it is food. It just happens to be blended. Um, and as it's blended, it's easier to digest. So I, I advise people to sip it slowly and even uh, swill a mouthful around your mouth before you swallow. And that helps um, the digestive enzymes to do the work because your digestion actually starts in your mouth. So the digestive enzymes in your saliva 
start helping to break down the nutrients. And normally we're doing that because we're chewing, you know, we, we chew our food. So in a way, what you're doing is trying to, you're chewing your smoothie and uh, that will help as it gets swallowed and, and it goes into the stomach and it's digested and goes through the whole process. It'll just help you absorb the nutrients more optimally. Um, so the tip is don't gulp or rush through your smoothie just because it's in a glass. You don't have to down it in one. You can take your time and treat it like a meal. Mm, I think that's a really good tip, you know, to swirl it around the mouth to get those digestive juices um, sort of starting to be secreted and so that the the digestion absorption is much more optimal. So um, great tip there. So thinking about a smoothie and a nutrient dense smoothie, what ingredients would you be suggesting somebody include in that? Yeah, well, we we talk about smoothies as being a meal replacement. So um, whenever I'm thinking about making a meal, and um, something that we talk a lot about is, do you have plate balance? So have you got the right balance of macronutrients and, and vegetables on your plate? So you can have that in your glass too. Um, you can also have it, I've talked about that with soups as well. So you can have plate mm-hmm. balance in soup. Um, so you'd include protein, fat, um, carbohydrate and vegetables and obviously with a with a smoothie you'd be thinking about a liquid too uh, and I think the combination of ingredients and proportions is the important thing and uh, once you've you know made a few smoothie, smoothies it'll get easier um, and you won't need to keep referring to the the combinations and the proportions but um I, I would suggest that for one serving, um, you would start with two cups of vegetables. And they tend to be things that are like leafy vegetables or um, vegetables that are high in water, really, in hydration. So things like spinach, watercress, salad leaves, celery, cucumber, courgette, uh, beetroot, carrot, kale, that kind of vegetable would be great. Um and then you would add some fruit. Now, it's important that you don't overdo the fruit. Um, so usually I would recommend between half and one cup of fruit. So the types of fruit that work really well in smoothies are things like apples, pears, oranges, grapefruit, berries, things like melon, mango, peaches, pineapple, banana. You know, they're all um soft and and they will blend pretty well Um, and when it comes to thinking about how much fruit um, there's two different ways you can look at it you could think of well if I'm thinking about body composition or weight um, or blood sugar balance uh, you would choose less fruit so half a cup would be enough but if you are really wanting to get a lot of carbohydrates to fuel your training you might go up to um, the other thing that you could think of the body composition um, you might want to choose what we would call low gl fruits and again we've talked about those in previous episodes but the lower gl fruits are the things that are like berries and what we'd maybe call orchard fruit like the apples and the pears whereas the tropical fruits are higher in sugar so you might want less of those so the bananas the pineapple that kind of thing um so the fruit element that's going to provide you with a carbohydrate uh and you don't just have one fruit you could make a cup up of a combination of fruits so you've got lots of different flavors in there um and sometimes people add um porridge oats um to their uh, smoothies um that's again going to help increase um, the carbohydrate content, and uh, again, sort of helps you with the um, meal in a meal in a glass type of approach. So, we, so we've done our vegetables, we've done our fruit. Um, you may want to add some protein if it's a meal replacement. Um, so, typically, people would add a protein powder, um, but there are other things that you could add. So. Um, a portion of protein powder, usually a scoop, you usually get a scoop when you when you buy a packet of protein powder, is usually around 20 to 25 grams of protein. So that's a, a good amount for a meal replacement. But other things that you might want to think about are uh, tofu. So silken tofu uh, blends really well. Um, you could choose kefir, uh, which is um, a, a milk fermented drink so you can get a dairy or non-dairy version and that's very rich in protein 
you could choose yogurt, you might want to choose nuts, seeds or nut butter. So choosing that would give you a combination of protein and fat. And then a little bit more controversially, uh, and it's something that I've tried and I like, is adding uh, some cooked chickpeas or cannellini beans. Now, you wouldn't expect that to be something that would work in a smoothie but actually it's really good to give giving you fiber and it makes it really smooth and it's tasteless so it, it sort of adds some protein fiber and a bit of bulk uh, to the smoothie don't know if that's something that you've ever tried karen well as you were saying it either i was thinking oh my goodness chickpeas in a smoothie but you're absolutely right i think it would give it that thickness and that smoothness but they're also tasteless so it's maybe something i'll i'll think about trying and just see see how it goes yeah and another thing that i've not tried myself but i did read in a recipe um somebody put in cooked um sweet potato oh so that's another one that you want yes. at some point yes yeah so uh, that's obviously for your carbohydrate rather than your yes um so um other things that you might want to consider about uh, consider is do you need any fat in your uh, smoothie so adding a small amount of healthy fat to your daily food plan is important for good health uh, but you might be actually getting your daily fat requirement in your other meal so it might not be something that you wish to consider adding um, to to smoothie but if you do um, you might want to think about some avocado or some coconut oil or some nuts and seeds and um, chia seeds are a good one to add and I sometimes add ground flaxseed uh, which are a good source of uh, anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids so again easy to do I have my ground flaxseed in the fridge and I'll just put a scoop of it in so it's a sort of an added extra so you've got all the, the sort of the main ingredients and then what you need to do is add your base liquid. Um, so usually what, what I do is I'll put all these ingredients in the blender and then I add my liquid at the end. Um, and there's, there's so many different liquids you can choose from. So um, mostly people would choose things like nut milks, coconut milk, coconut water, um, vegetable juice. I'd avoid fruit juice. Some recipes suggest fruit juice, but I avoid it because I think, well, it's high high glycemic load um, but you could add a small amount for taste if that that helps uh, you could do chilled herbal teas I've seen uh, recipes where people have made a herbal tea and chilled it and that's their, their sort of base liquid or you could just use water um, I tend to not use water just because of taste and, and I often think beginners um get it wrong you know they'll just use water and they they get put off by the taste and I think it's because the water dilutes the taste of the other ingredients um so I, I tend to avoid that and and for one portion you're probably looking at between 100 to 200 milliliters of water or one to two cups of, of liquid rather rather than water so your base liquid that's what you want in 100 to 200 milliliters of liquid and again that that's really dependent on how thick you want your smoothie to be some people like drinking it thin some people like it to be a bit thicker and um you know you can play around with the the ingredients um so quite a lot of things to take on board there but one of the i'll put this in the show notes karen but i i tend to just use a, a formula so two cups of veggies half a cup of fruit a portion of protein and then uh, the 100 to 200 milliliters of liquid and um you know, if you use those combinations with with anything that you fancy, that will give you uh, quite a nice smoothie. Mm. Mm. Excellent. And, and I was thinking there that if you're making a smoothie as a pre-run snack, it might mean that, you know, you need to focus more on the quick release carbohydrate fruits in a higher proportion than you've been speaking about, Aileen, and maybe sort of skipping skipping the protein. Um, but, but I know that we'll, we're maybe going to go and talk about using smoothies for pre and post training later. So we can sort of delve into that a bit a bit later. But I do think, you know, that. What you've outlined here has been really, really helpful because I find that a lot of people just 
totally focus on the fruit and the liquids and don't think about adding the fats and the proteins um, and the vegetables as well. And the danger with that really is that it could potentially be really high in sugar and carbohydrates, as we spoke about earlier, albeit they're, they're natural sugars, but they they might just be too much sugar and, and may lead to sort of um, blood sugar imbalance, might also promote weight gain also could potentially contribute to insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic health disease. And and I don't think people um, take that into account, how this could be contributing to that or how the fruit smoothie could be contributing to that. And just by what you've been saying, adding the veggies to the smoothie, um, it's a great way of adding fibre and keeping people fuller for longer as well as the protein doing that as well and helping with the satiation and um, and also helping people get the protein target into their daily meal plan. So it is an easy way of doing that. So, um, so really following the proportions we suggest will really help to get a balanced smoothie. Um, so Aileen, what would you say tends to go wrong when people make a homemade smoothie that tends to put them off at making them again? I know you mentioned the water, um, putting that in instead of an, another liquid base. Uh, is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, well, uh, really following on from that, Karen, I think most people are unhappy about taste and consistency and, and it might just be a personal preference. But I'd suggest, you know, when you make your smoothie, Taste test it, you know, have a little sip. And if you think I need it to be thicker or thinner, adjust it. And if you need, if you feel the taste is bland, add something to pep it up. And, you know, things, you know, you're using natural foods, so they do taste different every time. And sometimes you just need a little bit extra. Um, so I'll do things like I'll add ginger or turmeric or cinnamon. Um, I like things very zesty. So often I'll do, you know, some lemon juice or some lime juice. Um, if I feel like I need a fresh taste, I'll add some fresh mint. Um, so, you know, there's lots of things you can do. Um, I also like, um, cacao powder. So if I'm, if I'm feeling that I need a chocolate hit, I'll, I'll maybe make a, a smoothie that's got a, a spoonful of cacao powder in it too. Um, and as I said earlier, I feel it's the base liquid that really helps with the taste. So, I tend to either use a green juice um, or I'll make um, maybe a 50-50 proportion of nut milk to water. So, you know, I'll maybe do 100 mils of milk and 100 mils of water and that um, that gives me the taste, taste I want. Or you might want to think about maybe having a small amount of sweeter foods. So when I was talking earlier about the glycemic load, you know, we all know that bananas are, are high in carbohydrate. Um, so you, you don't necessarily need a whole banana if, if that's something that's of concern to you. But you could just put a quarter of a banana in or, or a small portion of pineapple or mango. And that might just give you a different sweet taste to it if that's what you're looking for. Mm. So really what you're saying, Aileen, is that it's all about experimenting to find out what works for the individual. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And do you have any advice about, say, any store cupboard ingredients that would be helpful to have so that, again, thinking about making it easy for the individual? Because sometimes it's about, you know, you just don't have the ingredients at hand, so you just don't bother. So are there any store cupboard essentials that you would recommend? Yeah, yes. I I, I always have a, a natural, unsweetened, un flavoured protein powder um, in, in my store cupboard. Um, it's just always there. Um, and I always have a range of frozen fruit in the freezer. So, um, you know, it's, it's shop-bought in the supermarket. So I have bags of cherries, uh, summer berries, mango, pineapple chunks. And, and I, you know, I'll buy a bunch of bananas and I cut them up into quarters and I just stick them in um, in a box and put them in the freezer and i take them out as I need them um, I like frozen pomegranate seeds too um, so you can buy them in the supermarket um, and I do also have some frozen ginger I, I prefer fresh but again 
I, I, I just like buying things in the supermarket. So when I see something, I think, oh, that's handy. Uh, I'll have some of that. So I have some of that in the freezer too. Um, and in the fridge, I pretty much always have lemons, fresh ginger, cucumber, celery, and spinach. They're sort of staples for me. And, and I'll always have some kind of non-dairy milk and a carton of coconut water. So pretty much I can make a, a smoothie sweet or savory at any time uh, with with those ingredients there. Mm, fabulous, Aileen. And you've spoken about some great um, freezer foods to, to have um, constantly in the freezer. Do you have any other freezer tips? Um, yeah, I do. Um, as, as I said, you know, I cruise the supermarket aisles to check what's available. I uh, don't always buy the things, but I like to see what, what's available. Um, and uh, I've noticed that there are a lot of frozen smoothie packs, uh, which include a mix of fruits and sometimes vegetables too. Um, you know, they'll have spinach in them and they'll have avocado in them. And the idea is that you buy a pack and everything's there and you just pop it into the blender and make a smoothie. Um, I like frozen spinach. I always have that in the freezer too. That's great for um, making in hot foods. I'll put some in, in soups and casseroles. Um, so the, the other thing that, um, you know, you could do um, is when you're using frozen foods is you, you're getting that sort of added bonus of a chilled smoothie. So, you know, if, if you're using the frozen stuff, it's just going straight into the blender and it's, it's already chilled. So that makes it nice to drink, to drink or eat. Um, and, and also some of my clients make up their own smoothie pouches for the freezer. So, um, so they're sort of doing what the supermarkets are doing, but they're doing it for themselves and they'll put all the ingredients into a pouch and then when they're ready, they just take it out and they blend it. And uh, others will actually freeze the smoothie liquid um, into a beaker and keep it in the freezer. And then they're just taking one out and carrying it to work with them and it will defrost and they'll have it when they're when they're ready and um, I mean I think all of these ideas are great and, and they work well if you like to batch food prep um so mm. you know the good ideas depending on how you like to how you like to do your food preparation absolutely Aileen I think these are sort of great practical tips um especially for the beginner who's just wanting to play about with smoothies and and they've got all these different ideas of of how to put one together and just knowing that it's in the freezer you know it's not going to go off as well if say you just need to you want to make one every now and again to begin with and it's not such a regular part of the diet so I can really see the benefit of the freezer pouches but I have to say for me I like just to whiz up a smoothie when I need one and um, Aileen you mentioned um, designing your own go-to smoothie recipes I, I think mine is a bit different from yours mine mine is really simple you know I tend to have a banana or maybe some berries I'll have my protein powder and I'll use some almond or, or coconut milk and, and that's it really you know I don't tend to use it as a meal replacement uh, on occasion, you know, you were saying about frozen avocado, frozen spinach. I don't tend to use the frozen varieties, but I will maybe um, have an avocado and spinach smoothie with a little bit of banana and my protein powder and things in that. But but it is rare. I I and and also I do tend to just have my smoothies around my training, um, hence the protein powder and the banana and things. I don't tend to use them as meal replacements or top up snacks. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's how, really how I use it, Aileen, but not as exotic as any of yours. Um, so I'm just thinking, Aileen, what, what are your go-to recipes? Um, well, one of my regulars is a green mango smoothie, and it's very easy. It's made with protein powder, frozen mango chunks, um, some spinach. Usually it's a, you know, a couple of handfuls of fresh spinach and some almond milk. And so it's, it's super easy. It tastes lovely and um, I always have the ingredients in the kitchen so it's a pretty easy favorite um, if I've got a bit more time uh, I'll make a green juice I, I really like my green juices and um, so I'll make it with cucumber celery lemon and ginger and, and that will be my liquid and then to that I'll add some avocado maybe some more green leaves um, 
frozen green peas, so garden peas, uh, some pomegranate seeds and a scoop of protein powder. Um, it, it's a really zingy taste. Um, the avocado makes it silky smooth. Um, so that's a bit of a, a luxury one. Um, it is. But I do like it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to say, Eileen, that sounds incredibly exotic. I'm going to have to I'm gonna to have to try that one or get Ellie's Ellie's really into a smoothie, so I might get her to make this one and I'll share it with her and see if you see if you can manage to convert me to have them a bit more often. Because like you say, I do think it is a really, really good way of getting a meal and a drink. Um and, and also a good way of getting um sufficient protein in in a in a serving. Um, and what I've noticed, Aileen, is, you know, these health bars where you can you can get these smoothies and things. They will often offer other therapeutic ingredients to go in the smoothie. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, it, it can be really helpful to support a particular health condition or give you an extra ingredient, which might be considered a superfood. And by that, I mean, therapeutically potent. Uh, so examples might be things like spirulina or a green algae or maca or bee pollen. You know, those are the type of things you might see on the menu list. Um, and But you can do that for your own homemade smoothie too. Um, I think it's also just worth pointing out that you can also buy fresh pre-made smoothies or made for you smoothies in the shops or cafes that you, you mentioned there. And I think it's always best to check the labels or the ingredients on the menu so you know what you're getting because often they're too sweet and not balanced. And sometimes I've been somewhere and I've ordered a green smoothie and when it's come and I've tasted it, I've thought, oh, oh no, this isn't good. Uh, and I, then I'll check the menu and think, oh, too much sweet stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, it's, if you're in a, a health bar, you can usually get them to take an ingredient away, you know. So if you've read the menu beforehand, you can say to them, I don't want X in it. Um, can you do that? And often they'll be able to do that for you, which would be great. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of get it personalised to your your wants and needs, really. And I have to say, you know, it's really helpful to have tips on on how to make a tasty and nutrient dense smoothie. So this is really, really helpful. And I have to say that your hints and tips and the ingredients that you are recommending are really encouraging me, like I said earlier, to, to maybe think about making a smoothie uh, a bit more often. So so watch this space, Aileen, and everybody else. I'll let you know. But anyway, I think my, now might be a good time maybe to take a bit of an advert break, Aileen. Okay, let's do that. So this is the moment in the episode where Karen and I take a minute to tell you about what we do outside of uh, the podcast. Um, As you know, that uh, Karen and I are busy working women, hence the need for fast smoothies. uh, And we run for health, fitness, achievement and fun. And over the years, we've had our own personal running performance struggles. And from that, that led us to design our online food, our online um, program, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. Uh, And what we discovered that is that if you put in place a foundational everyday healthy eating plan, and then you fine tune it with sports nutritional principles, that's really going to help maximize running performance and minimize injury. Uh, So we developed a a short and sweet video program, uh, which you can complete in 30 minutes a day over two weeks, or indeed take as long as you you like. Uh, And if you've been listening today and thinking you'd like to know more about how to apply everyday nutrition alongside sports-specific nutrition, we think this program's a great place to start. It gives you lots of information and very easy action steps too. So if it's something that you're interested in, uh, look at our website, which is runnershelphub.com. Check out the online program. And if you've got any questions, uh, do feel free to email us at hello at runnershelphub.com. And as a special thank you to one of you as our valued listeners, uh, we've got a special offer for you. Uh, If you're interested in purchasing the program, uh, you can use um, a special discount coupon code, which is POD. So if you put POD, P-O-D, into the coupon code part of the shopping cart, you'll get a 33% discount off the full price. And that brings the price down to £199. Um, I'll put the details in our show notes so you can find the link there uh, and we'd love to see you um, join us in the program 
Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. So what we'll do now is um, sort of look at some ideas for therapeutic smoothies. So thinking about different combinations to help particular health concerns or potentially performance concerns. So what we're going to do is we'll start off um, looking at pre-run fueling and then maybe look at post-run fueling and then uh, maybe some general health concerns as well. So thinking about pre-run fueling, I think ideally you should be including, as we said earlier, the quick release carbohydrates in the 30 to 60 minutes before a run. And also you really would, wouldn't um, wish the smoothie to be too high in fibre um, because this may be difficult to digest prior to a run. So you just want to be keeping it really quick release and low in fibre um, and um, making it easy to digest before you get out in your run. And one of our favourite pre-run recipes is um, a banana berry pre-run smoothie. Now that includes banana um so to fresh or frozen blueberries, you could use some natural unsweetened yogurt and a cup of almond milk um, or however much you, you, you need for, you, for your um, specific needs. And I suppose this is fairly similar to the type of one that, that I use regularly. And I was just thinking that you could maybe also add honey here, especially if you're going out on um, a really long run. So that's one pre-run drink. Another one potentially um, that we like is a beetroot and coconut um, smoothie. Now that includes a small raw beetroot chopped up, um, a small apple um, or half a cup of, of fresh or frozen pineapple again, um, some coconut milk there and also a teaspoon of honey. You could add that to, to as well and just kind of blend it all up together. And I get, that's another great pre-run um, smoothie to have. So Aileen, that's um, pre-run. Have you got any good ideas for a post-run recovery recovery smoothie? Yeah, sure. I mean, just um, a, a little tip there is if you if you make a smoothie and you, you could just drink half of it or eat half of it before you go on your run and then have the other half as a post-run recovery. So that's, another, you know, particularly if you feel you haven't got time to uh, digest it before you go out so you could think about doing that um but but if you were sort of have, making a smoothie specifically for post-run uh recovery and you might want to again make that before you go out and have it ready for you to have as soon as you come in the door um because ideally uh post-run our aims to replenish glycogen and electrolytes so taking that nutrition on board within 30 minutes of completing the run that uh, would be really helpful so we've got a couple of ideas uh, that you might like to try out um, one of them uh, we call watermelon recovery and it's made with um two cups of chopped watermelon, uh, half a cup of kefir or some natural unsweetened yogurt, um, a cup of coconut water and a teaspoon of honey. And that's really refreshing. Um, so if you made that ahead and had it nice and chilled, ready for you to come home to, I think you'd enjoy that in the summer. Um, and then another one that you might want to consider is um, something that's, um, you know, full of anti-inflammatory um ingredients so uh, we call it the pina colada karma uh, and it's made with fresh or frozen pineapple so a cup of fruit uh, a small banana half a cup of spinach uh, one to two cups of almond milk or, or whatever whatever milk you you enjoy and then uh, some tea a tablespoon of chia seeds um which is good as um, an anti-inflammatory agent uh, and then other things that you can add a teaspoon of ground turmeric quarter a teaspoon of ground cinnamon and quarter a teaspoon of ground ginger and all of those ingredients are anti-inflammatory so they'll help everything calm down um so the the other thing is um you know if, if you're going to have this as a post-run recovery smoothie but later on if you weren't going to have it within that 30 minutes and you were going to have it more as a, a, a snack or a meal replacement later on you could use the same recipe um, but you could add some protein to get a balance of the carbohydrate to protein ratio uh, for optimal recovery yeah, that's a great tip as well, Aileen. And so we've spoken here about um, using a smoothie therapeutically in a way for pre-run pre and post-run um, 
uh, fueling. Uh, are there any other therapeutic ways that a runner could use a smoothie? Yeah, well, I think a couple of ways uh, would be to think about um, injury, really, and thinking about bone health and also soft tissue um, health. Uh, and using a smoothie uh, strategically as a tool to help would be really great support. Um, so the anti-inflammatory pina colada karma would be good um, for, for that as well, generally. Um, but if you were going to focus in on bone health, uh, the things that you really need to be including in your smoothie are Foods that include good sources of calcium, vitamin K, magnesium and, and potassium. So they're all vital for bone health. So the the combination that I would suggest for a bone builder smoothie would be um, a cup of spinach or kale uh, or maybe a combination. Um, those vegetables are good sources of calcium, magnesium and vitamin K. Um, adding some um, protein from cashews or almonds, so maybe a quarter of a cup of those nuts. Again, good source of magnesium. Um, you could get your, your potassium from papaya or banana. So again, quarter to half a cup of that fruit, um, quarter of an avocado, and maybe one to two cups of a non-dairy milk or a coconut water. So it's a, a sort of a green smoothie with a bit of a fruity, nutty taste to it um but that would be really helpful for um, general bone health or if you you re recovering from a, a fracture that would be a good one to have yeah that's great Do you know it makes such a difference when you think about having a smoothie in a therapeutic way you know just sort of mentioning the 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 nutrients that are within these different ingredients and how they can support bone health so it's maybe another way um, of encouraging people to utilize smoothies um in their daily diet plan especially as a runner to support these different um aspects of health and and you've spoken there about bone health aileen but um you know thinking about soft tissue runners as we know are at risk of of lots of different um soft tissue injury including sort of and affecting muscles ligaments and tendons and and that can lead to really slow recovery as well and we do talk about this in episode 26 um, where we're talking about nutrition for soft tissue injury but Aileen thinking about a nutrient support in a smoothie form what would be included potentially in a smoothie recipe to to support uh, soft tissue healing well, in that episode, Karen, we, we highlighted the three phases of tissue healing. I remember thinking at the time it was really interesting to um, just consider, you know, when you have got that kind of injury, the phases of healing that you're going to go through. So um, phase one, we talked about um, that inflammation. You've got this acute inflammation uh, going on in it, but, and it's a really important part of the healing process. Um, but it's important that that doesn't develop into chronic inflammation. Um, so having a really anti-inflammatory um, smoothie at that time would help. So I would choose ingredients that were rich in magnesium. So um, particularly the dark green leafy vegetables, um, you know, which we've mentioned earlier. And then also thinking about um, some really important um Enzyme. So bromelain is, is a really great enzyme for helping this um, anti-inflammatory uh, cascade. And um, you find bromelain in papaya and pineapple predominantly. So again, nice, easy things to keep to put in a smoothie. And then the other anti-inflammatory agents that we've already mentioned, so things like um, curcumin, which is the active uh, agent in turmeric, and ginger oil, which is the active agent in ginger, um, so they would be really great for that first phase. And then in the second phase of healing, um, the focus is how do you um, minimize scar tissue? Um, this in turn helps reduce the risk of re-injury or tissue degeneration. And the thing that's really important here is to focus on building collagen because that's really going to support this phase. And the nutrients that um, are really beneficial in this phase are vitamin C, uh, manganese, and, and also um, things to help manage the inflammation. So we've already talked about omega fatty acids, omega-3 fatty acids, and also protein to help build and repair. Um, so if we're thinking about those particular nutrients, 
Um, vitamin C helps uh, the regulation of collagen synthesis. So examples of vitamin C rich foods would be things like red bell peppers, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, broccoli and kale, and maybe a variety of berries. I mean, the vitamin C list is you know, never ending, but those are the ones that spring to mind. Um, manganese, at its role, it, it, it helps activate collagen producing enzymes, and it's also known to uh, protect collagen from damage. And you, you get manganese, it's a micronutrient, but you, you trace uh, nutrient really, uh, but you get it in nuts and seeds. Um, omega 3 will help the continual um, inflammation reduction. Uh, and it's also known to support in um, helping laying down of collagen in soft tissue. So um, for smoothies, you could add the ground flaxseed or maybe some walnuts would be a good thing to add. And then when we're thinking about protein, um, particularly for um, enhancing wound wound healing, you might want to consider a whey protein powder uh, because that's rich in amino acid um, glutamine. Um, glutamine is also needed for collagen production. Um, so we've mentioned collagen a lot here, and we're focusing on the natural building blocks for collagen. Um, there might be a case for adding a collagen powder, but that would be something that you would need some advice on. Um, and zinc is also uh, important for uh, wound healing. So making sure that you, you've got optimal levels of, of zinc would be helpful too. And then just moving on to phase three of um the sort of um, the healing process. It's really all about just building your nutrition on top of what you've done in phase one and two um, to help you maintain tissue health going forward and so that you can return to your running and minimize the chances of re-injury. Um, so yeah, I hope those ideas are helpful, but I think my best advice is really experiment, look at recipes and, and adapt them to your taste uh, for whatever you need. Yeah, thanks, Aileen. And I have to say, I do think everyone will have found this really helpful, Aileen. Um, and, and like I said earlier, you've really inspired me to start experiment with smoothies a bit more and using them in a therapeutic way, um, not just for my, my training, but just for sort of soft tissue and for bone health as well, because these are things that I need to be considering. So, um, so yeah, really good advice here. But I just wanted to add that, you know, clearly as nutritionists, we would be advising people on their whole food plan and perhaps maybe adding some therapeutic supplements um, for any injury recovery that somebody was having. So any any of the that injury recovery process that you spoke about, Aileen, the phases we'd be thinking about potentially therapeutic supplements as well but having a nutrient dense smoothie perhaps with some additional supplements included would be a great way to support that um, soft tissue healing process so alien it's just been a really great um uh, episode i think great discussion um but i fear now we've come to the end and it's time now for your key takeaways please Okay, who knew there was so much to say about smoothies? Oh, no, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so the key takeaways uh, for today's episode. So smoothies uh, may be a really good addition to a runner's food plan, uh, so long as they're nutrient-dense and made of natural ingredients, and they have a balance of the macro and micronutrients in line with plate balance concepts or your training strategy. Uh, making a smoothie can be a time saver, and it can also be used as a meal replacement or a meal addition, or as a snack. And remember to consider the energy, um, by that I mean the calorific value of a smoothie within your overall energy requirements. Uh, be prepared. All you need is a blender and some everyday ingredients in your store cupboard and freezer so that you can make a, a smoothie whenever you wish. Uh, remember, smoothies are great to travel with or to take to work, especially if you've got time to prepare in advance. Uh, our best advice is experiment with recipes and create your own favorite go-to smoothie recipes. And remember to taste, test and adjust to get it right for you. And smoothies can be designed for pre and post fueling, for meal replacements and to support recovery from injury. And if you check out our blog, uh, we'll put the recipes that we've mentioned today in and uh, we'll also put a link for the blog into the show notes. So uh, get blending, everybody.
Oh, great. Thanks very much, Aileen. And um, I was just thinking it would be really interesting um, to hear from everybody um, or anybody who decides to to start blending and get blending in the kitchen and what smoothies they produced and um, what they thought of them and if it's something that they're now going to sort of bring in to their their nutrition plan on a daily basis. So, so do get in touch with us and let us know what you've created. Um, we'd love to hear from you all. And as always, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.